0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Well, in true Ashes style, Stuart Broad took the last two wickets in his final test match. And Australia have crashed from two nil up in the series and England have come back to level the series to all. Wow, what a day to end the ashes. I'm menes you're listening to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Australia have lost by 49 runs. Paul, uh, what a, a fitting end to Broad's career to wrap it up.
0: G'day Meners, g'day everyone. It's 25 to 4 here in Sydney, so apologies if there's not um, a sparkle in my voice, but a thoroughly um, entertaining end to an amazing series. I just sent out a tweet saying, I think it is the second best Ashes I've seen. I've seen them, well, I remember them from 85 onwards and this is the second best to 2005. Triumphant end to Stuart, Bo- Stuart Broad's um, career. And you, I mean, he's retiring on top. Congratulations to him. But you look at the way he bowled and um, if I was him, I'd be I'd be wanting to stay a bit longer. But um, I think it is a good time to to leave on top and to all, I think that, um, you know, we can discuss the merits of both sides. Um, England will say, well, had the rain not come at Manchester, they would have won three, two, which is probably true. Um, I think maybe overall, as I said, you just do the sort of runs per wicket. England would have been the better side on that score throughout the series. I think Australia probably did have apart from the rain, um, a little bit of bad luck though, in terms of, um, losing four tosses, seeming to bat in overhead conditions, more often difficult than England did. The change ball of ball changes. Yeah, well, I was about to say, the change of the ball in this game um, certainly seemed to uh, favour England. So I, I think overall England were slightly the better side, but I don't think that two all is an unfair result.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised um, how Australia fell off after that Lords Test match. And yeah, we discussed it earlier in this, this game that I think in the end, Australia probably tried to hold the advantage rather than really ram home the advantage. And, and it's cost them a, a series win in England. Australia haven't got over that bogey of not winning in England since 2001. I was on my honeymoon and, and that was 22 years ago. So it's incredible that Australia still don't have that record. And it's kind of heartbreaking after they did so well to to win the first two tests that they they weren't good enough to capitalize on it and, uh, I think you're right about the conditions. Um, you know, I think Cummins struggled um, as the pressure intensified. I think McDonald's coaching probably will need to be put under the microscope. But I also think, and, and this sort of played out again on this final day, that Australia's top order probably didn't make enough hundreds. And, and you look at this chase, Australia – you know, got so close to a famous chase, but, you know, Warner 60, Kawaja 72, Smith 54, Head 43, you know, one of them needed to make 130, 140, and then Australia win, win this Test match.
0: It's also worth saying that for all the, the advantage that Australia got with the rain in, in Manchester, um, I think it was Mark Butcher, evident in commentary, who said that the rain delay in yesterday did come at a, a very opportune time for England. That had that they had that period of play continued, then Australia were looking good. Although the ball had been changed, and so it was, you know, given the way that it played today, it was probably going to perform a few tricks yesterday. So that was a, a, another slice of luck for England. But it is now um, uh, it's kind of crept up because it's not like Australia has been poor in England at all in this um, long drought. But I'm pretty much certain that it is the longest time either side has gone in the entire history of anglo australia cricket of not winning um in um a series overseas which is um we're, we're winning yeah which is quite remarkable we're not, we're not winning a series in one of the venues so Ugh. 22 years a couple of drawn series a couple of very close series um so yeah pretty pretty disappointing uh to, to look back on that period after such dominance in the in the preceding four ashes before it
1: yeah and look if you if you look at 2019 and this tour. uh um, together, they're, they're both disappointing for this Australian side. A lot of the same personnel and both teams had opportunities to um, right that wrong and get a famous win. And they're, they're both in different circumstances falling short at the final hurdle. So, um, yeah, you know, as I said, I think Australia played this oval test match badly from the toss, but also, you know, not getting a first innings lead. And it, it, it's, it's, a, it's astounding that it is. I mean, Australia did fantastically to win three test matches in a row in England this summer, the world test championship. And then those two matches, but for them to just, I don't know, kind of just really um, just not fire in these last three games, not put it together. um, Yeah. It'll be, I think this group will be, you know, it'll be chastening because uh, you know, a lot, a lot rode on this final test match and in the end England have overpowered them and, um, as I said, I think they've been out, out-captained and out-coached in these last three matches. I, I think McDonald and Cummins probably just sat back a little
0: bit. Yeah, I think that you can overplay the, the significance of the first two test matches in terms of the... Of the um, w- what I'm trying to say is Australia could easily have lost those first two test matches. They could easily have won this fifth test and they could have easily won the third test. So I think that with the exception of that fourth test, those four were very, very close. Um, And I think, as I said the other day, that maybe Australia were probably wrongly um, felt that they had done the right things tactic-wise in Tests 1 and 2, simply because they won them. Um, And even though they were particularly close, I still think that I agree with you that I out-coached and out-captain because I think that the aggressive way that England played um, was a smarter way to play than Australia, and I think that, when you consider that the pitchers were not traditional English green tops, but they were closer to, I wouldn't say they were Australian pitchers, but they were closer to Australian pitchers. And a couple of years ago in Australia, Australia absolutely annihilated them. That I think England have done very well to to, to come, back, this, come back this closely. Um, I think it was Cricket Australia should immediately offer ben, Brendan McCullum $5 million to be the coach. Um, no, I,
1: no way, I, now you go too far.
0: Um, I say that with absolute sincerity. If, if you said to me, what do I think that um, um, would I would like to see for Australia's side to be successful in the coming months? Um, I, I think that I'd rather Brendan McCullough to be coached than anyone else. I think he's the best coach in the world. And I think that um, th- the way that he has turned this English English side around is just absolutely extraordinary. And certainly I, didn't pre- I, I expected he'd be a pretty good coach, but I didn't think he'd be quite so... Revolutionary, Of course, Australia aren't going to do that, and he'd probably say no. But if I had to sort of put my life on the line over the next couple of years and um, the Australian test team's results were going to depend on it, he's the one I'd want coaching.
1: Well, I, I will agree with you that maybe he is a better coach than Andrew McDonald. You know I've had my issues with his coaching since he took over the role. So I absolutely, I'm not going to argue with that one. I, I do think, though, you, you can't... You have to look at the fact that England, you know, didn't start they didn't start in the right way to really retain, to regain the ashes and therefore they've ultimately failed so it's an interesting finale because you know England leveled the series but Australia still go home with the urn um yeah it's 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 a tough one australia just didn't quite nail it i mean let's look at this last day because it was really exciting i mean for a while there australia looked like they were going to chase it down um play started And Warner and Kawaja went pretty early. Warner was out for 60, caught by Bairstow off the bowling of Wokes. And then Khawaja was out LBW for 72. And the ball was moving around. There was a lot of controversy. And it happened on day four that they changed the ball. But there's enough photos on the internet to see that it seemed to go from a pretty old ragged ball to virtually a, a fairly new ball.
0: Yes, and certainly the um, what the ball did was significantly different as well. And it, you couldn't say it was just because day five that started moving around because it was noticeable when they changed it on day four, even though it was only like two overs, I think, before that. Then the rain came, the, the commentators were making the point this ball is sprightlier, it's doing things in a way that the the ball the previous ball wasn't. It's always a um, a fairly uh, opaque process by which they get those box of balls. I've always a, sort of a, vaguely understood that across the the country, whenever there's a game that finishes, um, they take that ball and mark it and say, okay, you know, this this county game, this ball got used for 45 overs. We'll put that in the box. Well, it, it's it's probably not scientific enough where um, you, you can as a, get this ball where presumably the side that was using that ball, wherever it was, wasn't trying to get reverse swing. And they'd kept the ball in as pristine a condition as possible. Whereas England had been doing everything to kind of, um, uh, potentially get reverse swing with this other one. So they were letting it to go to, uh, in, into a, into rags a little bit. And so suddenly they get a, a replacement and it's in much more pristine condition. Uh, I, I think that they need to review the process and, um, I, you know and they spend so much money on so many things. Maybe they could standardize it a little bit more and um, artificially create these balls into a position. I don't know. It also makes a mockery of everyone who's ever disagreed with me when I said go to the pink ball when it um, goes under when when to stop bad light. Um, <laughs> that they saw you, you know, the pink ball moves around a bit. Well, we just had an Ashes decider or the the, the key test match in an Ashes series decided by that. So. Um, might as well at least stop bad light. Again, apologies. I'm umming and ahhing. um, I think <laughs> I'm, I'm no caffeine in quarter to four. My brain is even worse than usual.
1: No, no, no. You're doing well. You're doing, you're doing better than the Aussie batters
0: did in that run
1: chase. So uh, Warner and Kawasha went after a good opening partnership. You would have taken 140 um, at the start of the innings. Lavashain went for 13 caught by Zach Crawley off the bowling. And Mark Wood in the slips. Good. Uh, healthy edge from Manus Labuschagne, and his series ended with an average in the mid thirties, the same as Steve Smith. So middling series, and as I said, just probably you know not enough big hundreds if Australia really going to um, dominate Test matches. And I think Labuschagne and Smith both played well, but yeah, both scored a century each, but just you know failed that beginning. So Australia was three for one sixty nine. Then um, in the hour before lunch, Head and Smith batted very nicely, but there was a very controversial incident just before lunch where Smith inside edged one uh, onto his pad and then round to Ben Stokes at leg slip, who took the the catch in his right hand, jumping up. But then when he went to celebrate, dropped it, and he knew he hadn't caught it, but he still put it up for a review, which was turned down. Uh, what did you make of that? It was odd that Stokes. Uh, seemed to knew he dropped it at first, but then still reviewed it.
0: I suppose you throw the dice when it's Steve Smith because it wasn't um, it, on the replay. It was clear that it was the right decision. He kind of uh, brushed it against his upper thigh or his his knee as he sort of moved to celebrate it. But he probably thought maybe they will look at that and, you know, it all happens very quickly and it's Steve Smith and it's a crucial moment. So, um, give it a go. I think he also thought that maybe if the review got turned down that they would not lose it because that'd be, it would be deemed as um, uh, a, a query around the catch. But um, I mean, it's it's the first time I've seen it happen since the famous um, Herschel Gibbs incident in 1999. But again, as, if I was the coach, I'd be saying, guys, just practice catching the ball and then pausing for a second and then celebrating. That You sometimes see them catch it and throw it up in the air so quickly. Um, yeah, I was surprised that Stokes handled it so well. I was also surprised that he was then so keen to argue about the um, the um, whether or not they'd lost their review. That takes a fair bit of um, kind of presence of mind to do that. I'd be absolutely devastated that I'd potentially just dropped the test match. Um, it's kind of like you know your house is just burnt down and you you know you're ringing up the insurance company to say oh, I should get my fifty dollar premium refunded.
1: <laughs> I I think the umpire was saying as well that. The umpire gave it not out straight away. So you've lost a review because I said you didn't catch it and you were uh, reviewing it. So, um, yeah, they were getting a bit heated. So that happened just before lunch. So Head and um, Smith went off and the score was
0: – the score was – well, I didn't have the score. Um, anyway. I hey, think so- I got it here. Um, I've written everything down except that. Yeah. Um,
1: so there, we were three down and <laughs> and then there was uh, okay Australia was 238 for three um, when we went off at lunch. Um, and then there was a significant rain delay and Australia basically ended up resuming after tea and uh, I think that rain delay I thought it was working in Australia's favor because it was taking England's chance of winning out of the equation a little bit by giving, sort of less overs for them to bowl at us. But but in the end, that didn't matter because after tea when we came out, basically, Australia had a horrific collapse. Every nightmare of oval tests gone by. Australia was three for 264 and only needing 120 to win. And then head went caught by um, Joe Root at first slip off Moen Alley for 43. Then Steve Smith went 10 runs later, um, caught by Crawley off Wokes at second slip. Then Mitchell Marsh went to a stunning catch from Johnny Besto of Moen Alley, where he inside edged it onto his pad and Besto stuck out a, a glove and caught it to his right. And then one run later, Mitchell stuck ed- edged one to I think first or so, I think second slip and he was out for um, a duck. So Australia lost four for 11, effectively ending any chance of chasing down 384. Nice little partnership between Murphy and Carry of 35 but then as soon as they gave Stuart Broad the ball I just knew he was going to take the two wickets and he finished with two for 62 Chris Wokes four for 50 Moen Alley three for 76 and Mark Wood one for 34 but that collapse was just crazy
0: time wasn't it well yeah it was interesting that when the when the rain delay occurred the forecast was that it was going to be that Ninety minutes or so of rain, and then the sun was going to come out. I was surprised that the the punters immediately put the draw into pretty much favouritism. England went out to seven dollars. I had a little bit of a little bit of money on them at that point in the rain delay, just thinking they're going to come out, and that was my fear. That um, you've seen it so many times before in a situation like that, where a side looking to try to win in the final innings, goes so well for so long and then it all goes horribly wrong. All my friends were texting saying, oh, it's going to be rained off, we're all going to bed. And then my updates were head out, Smith out, Marsh out, Stark out, Cummins out, one after the other. Um, it was very stark and lean prose indicating how disappointing it was. Um I mean, they'd started pretty well after the break as well, Smith and Head. I almost um, think we were too positive. I mean, you've
1: been saying we... um you know, we needed to be more aggressive. I thought we actually could have tried to just bat out the last couple of hours. I mean, we, we, we went out clearly searching for the win. It was like, let's go out and win this, which I mean, maybe it was right attitude. Maybe it wasn't, but I don't know. They could have just tried to bat out 40 overs and, and taken the two one series win.
0: I don't think they would have succeeded though, because I mean, uh, Smith was out playing a defensive shot. Um, Marsh was out playing a defensive shot um head was playing from memory like a forcing sort of a yeah not a, one. yeah um and so yeah um i know i'm just t- kind of
1: being facetious i mean, you said we should be aggressive i thought maybe we could have done a bit of classic stonewalling but uh, i mean as you say you never know we could have just been bowled out the same but I thought it was clear we were going for the win. Like, we weren't going out there to bat out the time. They wanted to just chase it down.
0: And that was, apart from anything else, exciting to see, and it was good for the game. That um, uh, reminds me of Bradman and uh, Richie Benno's conversation at tea on the Tide Test match when Bradman said to him, um, what's the plan? And Benno said, we're going for the win. And Bradman said, I'm glad to hear it. Bradman was chairman of Cricket Australia and chairman of Selectors at the time, and it was kind of... At that time, that was the sort of thing where you could have gone into your shell and played for the draw, as Australia could have done here. It would have, it, it wouldn't have been the worst tactics. You are right. Um, I just don't think they would have succeeded, but they didn't succeed in winning anyway. So, um, but there was there was a there's a moment where they did get becalmed a little bit, and suddenly Carey jumped down the wicket and um, lofted the one for a straight six, and it showed again that there was absolutely no intention for to do anything other than go for the win. So, yes. Um, it was just um, yeah that that change of ball <laughs> probably made all the difference. Um, so they got pretty close, and um, but I, I suppose just reflecting on the tactics, what you said earlier about the fact that Smith and Labuschagne failed to really have dominant series. You know they weren't disgraceful, averaging in the thirties. You look at that and look at the way that Crawley and Duckett played um, to you know manifestly inferior players, and the big difference was they went out. With a license to play their shots, and the Australians accommodated it by putting the field back straight away. It was like Crawley and Duckett were batting in the middle overs of a one-day game, and Smith and uh, Labuschagne were batting in uh, in Test matches. And I think that speaks to the the tactical superiority of England. Well, I just yeah, I just think Cummins got the tactics
1: wrong in the field quite often, and it's um, it's been exposed. I thought Smith played really nicely for his fifty-four. I thought he might get as close. He might be the one to steer us to victory, but ultimately, too much for them to do. England get the chocolates in this final match. Chris Wokes, clearly the fight, the best bowler in that innings, four for fifty, bowled superbly, and yeah, just uh, it goes back to what I said right throughout this Test match. If you win the toss and bowl first, you need to get a, a bit of a lead in the first innings of you know fifty to hundred and. And if we had that lead, we would probably win this test match looking at the way we batted in the fourth inning. So yeah, I mean, I'll criticize Cummins and McDonald, but yeah, I think the, the top order just not enough. Apart from Kowaja, who scored just under 500 runs, probably not enough conversions of those starts. And yeah, I'm sort of, I, I'm, I'm happy we've retained the ashes. And I think a two all series draw in England is very respectable. And, you know, I don't, I think it's clear who the better side is. I think um, Australia have got a few issues with leadership, but generally uh, uh, it's a very close, very close, two very close teams. And I'm looking forward to the next Ashes.
0: Definitely. I think it's very two very close teams. Um, didn't help dropping five catches in the first innings uh, in this yeah. match. And I, I think that the the, the, the way that Lava Shane especially, and to a lesser extent, Kawaja got, uh, becalmed in the at the start of the Australian innings um, wasn't ideal either, and I do think I agree with you that Cummins and uh, McDonalds were tactically poor compared to England. But against that onslaught and those unusual tactics, it is difficult. And the one last, the other thing that what we talked about in the way that the Australians played today—that we talked about whether they should have played the way they did, which was uh, aggressive but with judicious aggression, or gone into their shells and defended. The one thing that they didn't probably contemplate doing is the kind of thing that maybe England would have done, and that is Stokes just going bananas. That there, there might have been a point where um, Stokes, in a situation, whether he was Carey or someone else, would have just gone, the only way we're going to win this if, is if I start hitting a succession of sixes. And mm-hmm. I think Mitch Marsh
1: is- was going to do that. Uh, I got the feeling Mitch Marshall was going to try and do that until, and then Smith got out and
0: probably felt he had to play a bit more responsibly. Yes, Um, but I think that Carey in that situation, um, he batted well, but he never really contemplated going outright full aggression, which is, again, what England might have done. And, um, you know, it might have come off, it might not have.
1: I also think we can't undervalue the the loss of Nathan Lyon. I think that was such a significant moment. More not just like missing him, the bowler, but the way – Cummins and McDonald seemed to react to it tactically. They they seemed to have no answers after that. There was, you know, Headingley where they didn't bowl them in that final day and then they didn't even play him at Old Trafford. It it just threw them off. And, you know, I think that's a, a bigger um that had as big an impact as anything on the series. And, um, yeah, I, I think, I think there'll, there'll be a lot of discussions around what went wrong with this Australian side and um, ultimately not winning the series. But I guess, you know, a lot of people have been saying, you've got to keep it in perspective. They'll, they'll come home with the Ashes and the World Test Championships. So it's still a pretty
0: good tour. Absolutely, yes. And I think that, as I said at the time, too much was made of the fact that, yeah, Australia had a shocking couple of days in Manchester. That happens. That happens in all sport. You know, you, you have a period where you, you don't go so well. People were then extrapolating from that that England were vastly better. And though the, the rest of the series was very, very even. As I said, I, I think marginally, I think England might have been slightly the better side. But I think if England had won at 3-2, you would say Australia were unlucky. And I think at 2 all, you could say England were we're slightly unlucky, but um, I I don't think it's an unfair result, and I think Australia deserve to celebrate retaining the Ashes absolutely. Um, so, um, I just actually was well, speaking of off spinners, it was impressive from Ali actually, they've given the, the 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 way that he looked as though he's going to be a fairly impotent figure in this game, that he bowled pretty well, um, uh, ultimately on the final day, and was um, a significant reason for them getting the win.
1: Indeed, yeah, he got Head, Marsh and Cummins, so a good last day for him. But, yeah, I I do think the rain breaks didn't help Australia in this chase. A couple of big chunks taken out of the game and just allowed England both times to kind of regroup. So, Paul, well, that's it. What an intense Ashes. Five test matches, two all, Australia keep the urn, so all in all, Australian fans should be, I guess, I would say mildly satisfied, I think, There'll be a bit of what if, and especially, as I said, on the back of 2019, two series now where Australia might have um, actually won in England, but uh, not to be. Congratulations to Stuart Broad. He gives us one little last nightmare to remember him by. And, yeah, a fine series comes to an end. Any parting words?
0: I reckon that any other side other than Australia over there this summer, England would have obliterated them. Um, I really do. Uh, I, I think that Australia, the two-all the, the result may look better and better as the, uh, the, the next year or two goes by. And I think England would be very difficult to, to beat at home. Um, you know, they, that's how they proved last summer. They've, they've sort of taken all before them. Um, and Australia stopped on that, drew the series. And I think that, um, yeah, as I said, I, I think I could see um, against another side this summer, England being absolutely irresistible. So I think Australia has done well. I do think Australia should take a leaf out of their books and be more aggressive going forward. But I suppose my final words are, it was a, a great series of cricket and I hope it reminds everyone that for all the wonderful things you get with the T20 domestic series and the IPL and all the money that that gets and and all of that, that a really well um, orchestrated uh, test series on predominantly pretty good pitches. The first two weren't great, but they're okay. The last three were fantastic. Then I, I think that it's still the very best form of the game and a, uh, um, a, a product that competes favourably with any other sport, and it deserves to be cherished and nurtured. And hopefully, this series reminds everyone of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the, there's there's nothing more, there's nothing you know better for the emotions or worse for the emotions than a gripping Test match. I mean, I was just angrily watching the end of that match because you know I couldn't turn it off, but I was so bitter about the result that was coming. But you're right; it is a, a great reminder. A great series comes to an end, to all. So. There you go. Australia bottled at the end. England England get a, a morale-boosting win at the end. Paul, thanks very much. We'll stop our rambling now and we'll catch up soon.
0: See everyone. This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Sports
1: Social Podcast Network.